This is Ball Court, and I am the host, Coach Drew. This is our world of basketball. And yes, Showtime is back. Mellow's still in the building. And of course, there's another Mellow first draft pick. We'll talk about that right here on Ball Court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. Yes, this is the world of basketball. And it's been a phenomenal world this week. And I took a little extra time this week before I came back. Took a little extra more days. Got filled off of that turkey. So, you know, had to burn it off. But guess who else was burning things up? The Showtime Lakers. And I say the Showtime Lakers and I say it with enthusiasm. The Showtime Lakers. Yes, they were playing some great basketball since the last time we checked in on them. Yes, we do remember that last show. That last time, they were what, fourteen and they were fourteen and one. Now look at them; they're killing it. They over that last period, they're still balling. Yes, they went for they're now eighteen and three, but they're out of control right now. I love what I'm seeing from them. As a matter of fact, for the month of November, they went fourteen and one in November. Those last three games that we're seeing here, or over the last four games, three of them, they actually tore it up, playing great offense. And I'm loving what I'm seeing. LeBron, 23 points, 11 assists, 4-8 from the three-point line, playing in Washington. Going one, they're beating them 125-103. to 103. Great showing that we're seeing here. And, of course, Anthony Davis returned to New Orleans with the Pelicans. And everybody knew that this was a well-anticipated game. They knew they marked the game. They said that this one was going to be a big one. Even Anthony Davis himself went to LeBron to say, how am I going to handle going back to New Orleans and hearing those boos? How did you handle it going back to Cleveland? LeBron said, I will be there with you. And he stood there right there with him. And they went out there and they put on a show. Of course, Anthony Davis led it all the way, 41 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, showing the Pelican fans that, hey, he was a great player while he was there. And my thing is, I was worried that they would be booing crazy and go crazy about it. But at the same point in time, what did they really have to boo? Pelicans got some really great things out of this deal. You know, they got, uh, they got uh, Josh Hart. They got... Brandon Ingram, who's playing phenomenal. They got a great, great young player in Lonzo Ball. And I'm trying to tell you, they got some really great benefits off of it. They got draft picks lined up. They got a future that's played all off of this Anthony Davis trade. So, you shouldn't be boring them. You should be actually doing a tribute video. I think that's the thing now that they do. After, he should get one, of course. As much time as he put in there. But neither here nor there, the Lakers are absolutely rolling. Did I, and did I tell you? Did I tell you? Also, it's like they cannot be stopped. But there is a team that did stop them. We're going to talk about that in a second. Before I get into that, I have to talk about the simple fact of the only two things that I find as kind of iffy to this great feeling that I'm having right now. Number one. Is over the last couple of games, Kyle Kuzma scored four points. This is something that is kind of not four points per game, 
But this is something that's kind of telling for me. What is taking place? Is Kyle Kuzma not fitting into the new style of the Lakers? Is he is his uh, what his style of scoring as it was a few years back or a year back not the same? Does he lack that intensity? But it's not something to cause alarm to right now. They are still winning. They're still playing great basketball. And they're still trending in upward motion. But it is something to keep an eye on. So what we're going to do is now that every time we talk about the Lakers, we're going to have a Kyle Kuzma watch. We're going to be watching you, Kyle. We're going to make sure that this is not a trend. And this is just a couple game bad situation. All right, and another thing that's been trending in the wrong direction is their level of defense. I've noticed over the last couple of games, it hasn't been as intense as it was in the first couple of weeks of the NBA season. They came out here like gangbusters. They were trying to block everything, stealing everything, running back and forth. But now it's kind of slowed down a little bit. The pace of their defense is not as quick, it's not as fast. I've seen there's a lot closer games that's happening now than it was before in the first three weeks. I'm not scared. I'm not worried. As a fan, I understand that these things do happen. But, once again, that's something that we want to keep watch on. So, I'm going to keep my eyes open for that. But back to that game, that one game that slipped away from them. And I'm not talking about last night. Last night was a great game. And I think Denver really played a great game. They played some great basketball. They're one of the best defensive teams in the league right now. And losing to the Lakers, going 105-96, they actually kept the game pretty much in check. LeBron had 25 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. But that wasn't the game that I'm talking about. There's one game that got away. Of course, you know the game that got away. The same game that always gets away from an L.A. team. Luka. Yeah. He's going absolutely insane. Luka versus LeBron, I'm going to tell you, the first three times, the average, it was, what, 17 points Luka was averaging those first three times? He, he wasn't a factor. L.A. actually dominated in those first three games with LeBron averaging 32 points. But things change. This time, this matchup was a different matchup. It felt different. It smelled different. You know that Luka just came off a winning player of the month. He just came off a player in a month, and he's been doing some phenomenal things. We've been talking about him dropping the same numbers that LeBron was dropping under during the time that he's under 20 years old or under 21 years old. The same kind of numbers. So we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, why when they match up, it's not like that. But Lucas said, hold on. Time out. He said, wait, wait. He said, Taco Tuesday is going to wait this week because I got something. And I said, what do you have, Luca?" Luca came out and he played ball. I'm going to tell you, he, he does what he does. And getting 30, at, I'm sorry, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, a double-double against LeBron, against the King. Now, I, I'm not taking anything away from LeBron. He had 25 points, 8 assists, and 9 rebounds. So he had played phenomenal basketball in his own right. But Luca, 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 Luca. I'm telling you, I, 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 I think we're running out of nicknames for him. We got Lucky Luca, we got Luca Legend, you know, uh, Cool Hand Luca, everything. He just, he, he's, he's the type, he's shooting from everywhere. His step back three pointer is comparable to James Harden. 
as far as it being unstoppable. He's so set in his way. He's so set the way he plays. And the greatest part about it, he's not all that athletic. It's like the second coming of Bird. But that goes to show you the level that you can compare LeBron James to Larry Bird. When you talk about that, that that even to say that Luka Donich is the second coming of Bird, that shows you that level of comparison. Now, that they weren't done. Of course, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, they've been taking their show on the road. They didn't just come into Hollywood with such a beautiful performance. They took it down to New Orleans, too. And last night, they went 118 to 97 over New Orleans. And Luka, 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 33 points, 18 rebounds. I'm talking, he was cleaning the glass. He did everything. He, he was out there, outplaying each and every person. And another notable performance of that game, Seth Curry. Yes, a Curry. You did not think you was going to hear me talk about a Curry this season. But I did. It happened. Look at that. Seth Curry had five three-pointers. Having 19 points coming off of the bench. That's a phenomenal game in its own right. Now, if they could continue that fire with Porzingis stepping up, hopefully he can start taking it to the basket a little bit, being a little bit more physical and not settling for the jump shot as much. I understand. I'm not that I'm not that old yet where I'm thinking that the new way of NBA basketball is wrong where everybody's shooting. I'm not that old yet. But if you're that tall and you get a smaller matchup, you got to take it to the hole. You got to play bully ball. That is the way it's played. Look at Joel Embiid when he went against uh, uh, Royce O'Neal. He just bullied him, taking it right to the rim. That's the kind of mentality that you have to have. And if Porzingis develops that mentality with Luka Doncic playing the level of basketball that he's playing, which is a walking double-double, he's a, he's a living bucket over there, and then you get that production from Seth Curry coming off the bench, I'm looking like Dallas is a contender. Dallas looks like they're going to be a team that you're going to want to have to, you know, hopefully somebody beats them and you don't have to face them. But there's a lot of other contenders out there. As a matter of fact, there's even contenders for the MVP spot. And yes, last year's MVP is looking absolutely phenomenal. It looks like he does not want to give up that spot easy. And as I'm talking about Giannis Anadokumbo, one of the greatest big men that's playing the game right now. He's versatile. He can do just about everything. Let me tell you. Hold on. I, he took player of the week in the East. Now, I'm telling you about everybody who took player of the month. Luka took player of the month out West. But he took player of the week in the East. And let me tell you the numbers that he had over that week that gave him player of the week. 34.8 points. 11.3 rebounds. 4 assists, 1.5 blocks, 1.3 steals, and his team went 4-0 over that week. That's player of the week numbers. As a matter of fact, he was doing that so well that over the month, he was actually averaging 30.9 points per game, 13.4 rebounds per game, 5.9 assists, 1.5 steals, and 1.3 blocks per game. That's why he's a player of the month also. Mind you, he was doing all of that at a 56% field goal percentage. Hands down, he is unstoppable. When he battles against you, he is not your average player. Look at him. He's different. 
You saw it in that game against the Knicks. They won 132-88. to But the most phenomenal thing that I saw during that game was when he went body to body with Julius Randle and said, I'm not going around you. I'm not going to sidestep you. I'm going over you. Julius Randle is a legitimate 6'9". And I'm not talking 6'9 two years ago. I'm talking 6'9 now. He's a legitimate 6'9". Two years ago, the heights were different. You know, it was it was weird. But he's a legitimate 6'9". And he raised over him as if it was absolutely nothing. This guy, Giannis Anatokounmpo, let me tell you, if he does not have your leading vote right now for MVP, and listen, I'm not taking anything away from LeBron leading an assist right now in year 17 on the under Washington tour. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not taking anything away from Luca Legend. I'm not taking anything away from him. And Houston, please do not cut me off. I'm not taking anything away from the bear. I'm just saying, right now, at the level that Giannis is playing at, stuffing the entire stat sheet, filling up everything, I guarantee he should actually be leading the talk right now for MVP once again. It is his to lose. It's his to lose. Also, they beat out Charlotte as well. Now, the East is not loaded, so these wins, I can't hold them in high regards. So they beat Charlotte 137 to 96, and they beat the Knicks 132 to 88. Congratulations, and water is wet. <laughs> you should have beaten them. If you didn't, all of you should be fired. <laughs> Speaking of another great team that's on a great roll right now. Yes, the saga has continued. The saga goes on from week to week and we fall in love with this saga. It's the saga of Brody and the Bear. Every week we sit around and we discuss why is it not going to work this week. But it seems to always be working. Brody and the Bear seems to be a thing that... Everybody's falling in love with and this new D'Antoni style of basketball that people say will never win a championship seems to be winning over everybody's heart. Mine included. Yes, yes. Let me tell you. James Harden, right now, in the year of 2019, has 10, actually, I'm sorry, 8 of the 10 Highest scoring performances. This year, he's been handing out 40-point games, 50-point games, 60-point games like his chiclets. He's like that He's like that really big house at the corner of the block, and it is Halloween. He's giving out full-size candy bars to everybody at will. It doesn't matter who you are. People are mad that he could score from the free throw line going 24-24. People are mad that he can score from the three-point line. Step backs on everybody with four-point plays included. People is mad that he can euro step through the lane. But then stop him. Somebody stop him. And here's the worst part about it. Everybody said that if James Harden plays like this, there is no way Russell Westbrook is going to be able to play at the level that Russell Westbrook used to play at. And yes, I 100% agree. Russell Westbrook was on a pace last year where he was averaging close to a triple-double. He was getting triple-doubles like left and right. This year, he has only had one. 
And and look at his stats. He's 21.9 points, 7.1 assists, and 7.8 rebounds. Wow, he fell off big time, huh? Obviously, it's working. This is working. This system is working. Russell Westbrook has been able to morph, as Russell Westbrook always do, into the player that is needed for the team. Think about this. Let's stop and think back. When he first came to when he first came to OKC or the Seattle Seattle SuperSonics at that time, the player that he was needed to be was that number two player, that player that they can count on as their number two when they needed it. Then the number one left, so they needed him to not just be the number one, but be the lightning rod of the team, and he stepped up and he was that. He was always the lightning rod of the team. Anything step played. Remember, he was the first one to speak up to the media and tell the media, you cannot bring us apart. We are one. We are together. He stepped up as the lightning rod even when you brought in Paul George and people questioned about his injuries and his shoulders. He was the one that was standing up there. So, Russell Westbrook does what Russell Westbrook do. Get the job done. That's what he does. He did it in OKC, he's going to do it here in Houston. He is not about ego. He's about winning. That's what James Harden needs. He needs somebody who's going to say, hey, you know what? I need to play the game in my way and allow you to play the game in your way. But at the same point in time, you should never restrict me. I should never restrict you. Some will even say that they have a perfect marriage. But the playoffs really test all relationships. So we'll have to see then. But for right now, I'm enjoying the show. I got my popcorn ready, and I'm sharing Houston on. And they're taking, they're taking home some big wins, even though last night's loss was a heart, heartbreaking one, for me at least, because that went into two overtimes and only lost by two points. It was a tough one. Hey. We still there with you. Hang in there. Now, the Brody and the Bears saga, as great as it is, is not the best story right now. It is not the best story in basketball. The best story in basketball, yes, yes, is about the player of the week for the Western Conference. Your guy, my favorite guy. Yes, his name, Mello, the guy, Carmelo Anthony. Hoodie Mello. Mello is back. Kind of. But for the most part, he's back. You got to think about it. Between his last game and his first game this season, it has been 376 days. 376 days between games. Now, in 376 days, a lot could take place. Mentally, you lose it. How do you get up and how do you figure it out? I saw in an interview he's speaking that the hardest part for him was not knowing what to work on and just working every day, starting from scratch. But how do you figure it out? How do you push to move forward? He did it. How do you continue to keep your body in high level? Because you got to think about it. The games that he's came back, he's actually now proven that obviously he's in shape. He's in quality shape. 
Now, anybody who thinks that by any means going into play in a game is like going up to the wreck and running for the next four hours just because you're at the Y and you're playing with some guys is not the same. An NBA game is one of the most stressful and high-level things that you can put, to your, put on your body. You're running, you're jumping, you're landing, you're pushing, you're fighting. It is literally a ballet set to a football game in a way. It's the most beautiful thing, but it's also one of the most physical things. And the fact that he could come back after 30 and be so dominant in what he's been doing has been nothing short of amazing. But the story doesn't stop there, so don't start writing those, you know, retirement stories of the great mellow. It doesn't stop there. And they have been absolutely amazing. Three and one over the last four games. Yes, three and one over the last four games. But let me tell you why he took player of the week. I told you about why, you know, Giannis took player of the week. So I got to tell you about Melo. I'm not playing favorites, but I'm going to say it with a big smile on my face because, you know, I'm kind of playing favorites. Anyway, player of the week. He had 22.3 points a game, 7.7 rebounds. Uh, he went 57.4 on his field goal percentage, and he had 45.5 on his three-point percentage. And for the week, they went 3-0. Yes, the Portland Trailblazers went 3-0 for that week. Last time I was speaking to you, I was telling you that they're still sliding. They're trying to find their way back. But it seems like Melo has been the answer to the way back. C.J. McCollum has been playing the level that C.J. McCollum does. Dame Lillard is being Dame Lillard. As you saw in the commercial, it's always Dame time. So... What's the catalyst? What is the difference? Melo filling in for these injured players has been something, nothing short of, how should I put it? It's sort of like insanity in a way. When Jeremy Lin took over the Knicks after a series of injuries and got on there, about to be out of the league forever, it is similar to that, but it's on a higher level. The reason being is because the physical nature of basketball means that you have to be in tip-top shape but the mental nature of basketball means that for 376 days he had to be ready at the drop of a dime mentally how many of us can go seven days and be mentally ready every single day 376 that, to me, makes him player of the week. And he'll always be an MVP in my book. The fact that he came back after his last player of the week being March 10th, 2014, and able to do it now again in 2019 has certified him in my mind as a Hall of Famer. And anybody who thinks differently, I apologize for you. You don't love basketball the way I do. Now, we're going to talk about the, swell the cellar dwellers. Yes, the cellar dwellers. Before I go to break, I have to talk about them. I haven't talked about them since our show started. Actually, one of them I did, just to advise you on their demise. But now, we must talk about the bright side. First of all, the cellar dwellers, we're talking about the Knicks, as well as the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors, I'm going to leave you for last, before. Actually, you know what? Let me start with you right there. Golden State Warriors. First off, I got to say, 
there is promise. There is a better team on the horizon. You have hope. A lot of people don't believe in hope nowadays, but I do. I sometimes cry when I sit back and I watch old video of the way y'all celebrated and you can still smell the champagne in the Cleveland locker room as you spoke about it the year after. I, I sit back and I watch that video and I tear up a little bit because I know that this will not be this year. You're sitting four and 18, but I am here to provide you that silver lining. I am here to tell you about why you seven or eight Warriors fans that are still left in the bandwagon, why you shouldn't all burn your jerseys. And if there's more than eight of you, please raise your hand so I can see y'all. Anyway, <laughs> so what you need to do, this is going to be your hope. This is your silver lining right here. Clay Thompson will get better. Steph Curry will get better. And you still will have D'Angelo Russell. Draymond Green will find out that there's a lot more things that he can do now that, you know, Steph and everybody was hurt. And he will get better. The team will one day be as it will be. As it was. Good news is you might have some draft picks that are really looking preferable that's sitting alongside it. So, I'm talking you off the ledge. Please come back inside. It will be okay. It's going to be a couple bumps, but think about it. It could be worse. You could be in the news for being PJ, Carlissimo, and Latrell Sprewell. The upside. Knicks. You are 4-17. and 17. The positive thing is... You won four games. There is no real upside to that team. Did not battling injury, suspension. I think the issue starts at the top. They say the fish rots from the head. Why doesn't nobody want to come there? I don't know. I, I grew up a Knicks fan. I love the Knicks. But I've noticed that even my beloved Knicks that I grew up watching, they're not even in that arena. I, what, what happened? What, what turned it away? And the bright side is, there is a bright side. It's a real short one, trust me. <laughs> the bright side is, LaMelo Ball is looking like the first round number one pick. There goes your bright side. So now, with R.J. Barrett, LaMelo Ball, you possibly may have a future. But knowing the Dolan family and the Knicks, they will find a way to let us down. I guarantee if you get that first round pick, you're picking the 15th choice. I, I bet you. But that's what the Knicks do. So, before I go to commercial, I just have to talk about this one last segment. This is a segment that is dear, near and dear to my heart. Why isn't Jamal Crawford signed? There's rumors going around that he should be signed. He's going to be actually 
there's rumors going around that their team interested in him. Now, the teams right now that they're talking about that are interested, I'm hearing that the Bucks are interested, I'm hearing that the Raptors are interested, but where do you find Jamal Crawford on the Bucks? Because Jamal Crawford on the Bucks, I definitely think he's going to be a great offensive. Uh, he's going to be great offensively to the Bucks. He's going to be a great addition on there. Not saying that they need one. Obviously, they're playing again. They're beating the Knicks 132 to 88. They don't need more offense. And as well as they don't need defense, 132 to 88. They stopped them under 100. So they're playing well on defense. But my thing is, how could you hide? Jamal Crawford's, level, Jamal Crawford's level of defense. Now, with Melo playing the level that Melo's been playing at, so a lot of people are sitting around thinking to themselves, can this be true? Can one of our older players still be in that high-level shape? Can he be there for less? Because he's less than 376, but could his less than 376, is he ready to go right now with zero training camp? We can't look at Melo as a rule. We have to look at him as a one-off. We have to look at him as the exception. Jamal Crawford, we may have to look at the rule. How many times have this happened and how many times can it happen? So if he does come back with the Raptors, I can see how they're desperately needing a scorer right now because don't get me wrong, Siakam, he's doing his thing. Pascal's been blowing up. He's phenomenal, but they need more. Uh, Van Fleet is not as high level of a scorer that you had with Kawhi. You need more. So I can understand where Jamal Crawford will come in as more. For the Bucks, I can't understand. I don't see that it will be a possible fit. But I'm going to keep my eyes out. I'm hoping for a signing soon. And I'm hoping that he proves me wrong and he comes in in the Bucks, show it up and show that his defense is high level. I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Because we, we've been talking basketball. I'm all worked up. I'm going to take a break. We're going to be right back with more ball court. This is the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. Stick around with me.
phenomenal athlete. I am glad that he will do his thing. Let's go ahead and move on to the world of basketball. We're going to go ahead and talk about international ball. And the first international ball I'm going to talk about is the international ball. Yes, mellow ball. He out there in Australia lighting it up. And he's looking more and more like the first round pick every single day. The number one pick. Every single day he's looking like that. And let me tell you. First off, Melo came out last week, uh, the day right after I did the last show. He comes out and drops 32 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. Next game after that has 25 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. Double, yeah, triple doubles, back-to-back triple doubles. Like he drank or something. He went back-to-back. I'm telling you, it was absolutely amazing to watch. I'm, he put on a show, and now he's projected to be the first, the number one pick. And he should be projected to be the number one pick right now. Being for the fact that he's shown that not only can he play on a pro level, lock out the noise, and carry a team, he's showing that he could do that amidst everything else that is taking in place, such as his father talking, his what his brother's going through with in, um, in New Orleans, with the injury, coming back, and flu, and injury. With all these things that's going on, he's still able to block out everything and play at a high level. That's what a pro looks like. And that is the reason why he looks like he's about to be that number one pick. Now, let me tell you, Australia is not just putting him out as that number one pick. Remember RJ Hampton? Yes, one of the high school's best basketball players. He's over there in New Zealand Breakers looking absolutely beautiful. He looks like the number five pick in itself. So, look, you got Melo Ball playing against RJ Hampton. These, this is, looks like a viable option. These people are the picks that they're coming up to be. And they're showing it out. Now, when you take a look at the standings for the NBL right now, after round nine, Sydney's sitting on top with an 11-1 record. The Sydney Kings, they've been doing their thing. You have Andrew Bogan on there, former NBA champion. He's going to go out there and show out. So they've been playing like these guns blazing. They got nothing to lose. Now, the Awara Hawks, New England, the New Zealand uh, Breakers, they've fallen a little back. Yes, the Breakers are sitting 3-8, and eight, and the Hawks are sitting 3-9. and nine. But, as I said before, the two youngest, greatest stars in the NBL sits on both of those teams. So, even though they're sitting down there, I'm going to give them the same talk I gave the Warriors. And not the Knicks, but the Warriors. You have hope. You can move on on hope. You know that tomorrow will exist due to that hope that you have. And that team is going to be a better team. Sydney, I'm not saying that they're on their way out, but your team is going to be a better team. Oh, Hawks, I'm rooting for you. I know we lost Aaron Brooks. I know that hurt. But you can see Melo is trending in a good direction. Hampton is trending in a good direction. The Breakers are going to turn things around. I guarantee. Uh, in the next round, we're going to see some key wins, moving them up that board. Now, we're going to go ahead and turn our sights, since it's the world of basketball, we're going to turn to China. I'm going to bring up a name. That is going to surprise you. Yes, Linsanity has hit overseas. Jeremy Lin scored his career CBA high of 36 points in China. B 
beating out the uh, Guns of Tigers. You know, 109 to 86. Now, mind you, that team got routed, and he, there was no reason for him to go that hard, but he did, and it was great. He went 14-on-14 from the free throw line. He had 36 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. This was the Jeremy Lin of old, and I'm not saying that he's done yet because he's saying the same thing. That was just the start. He got a lot more in his tank. Now, the question is, when will we be seeing him back in the U.S. doing the same thing in the league? See, I see right now, at 36 points, I'm not saying that he's better than 40% of the league, 50% of the league, but him, just like Jamal Crawford, I feel deserves at least to be in the league because there is at least 20% of the league that they are better than. Why are they still here? I don't know. You tell me. See, this is something that we definitely need to work on. Internationally, our game has grown to the point where a lot of our stars that go over there are revered as well as, um, as honored as they should be here. But we just look for the next big thing, the next athlete that's going to jump high and move quickly. But what happens when that high jumping athlete gets injured? Do we just pass him up, move on to the next big thing? You tell me. Now, before I go ahead and jump into this, I want to go ahead and take a quick break because I'm going to come back with Shady or Genius and we're going to really dive into some shady things. Right here on Ball Court, I'm Cole Drew. This is the world of basketball. Hang around with me. Now greetings to the world. Voice of the one big gang still alongside Skrillex. Them for now. you to think about it with me. They say that the G League, the NBA's G League, is the, the answer to kids, the one and done theory. They say that the NBA G League is going to be a comparable uh, alternative to going to college for a lot of these high school kids instead of trying to go right to the NBA or heading overseas. But according to high school players that are in that are currently being um, how should I put courted by the G League, that is, doesn't seem to be the case. The G League came up with a brilliant idea that what they will do, they will have what is known as select contracts. Yes, three to five select contracts, and in theory, 
if you are already rich, this sounds like a great idea. If you are not, I'm going to tell you why it's not. Here it is. Select contracts is they will have three to five selected athletes that are above the level to be in the G League that they will receive a salary of $125,000. $125,000. I want everybody to put that into perspective. $125,000. Now, if anybody who's actually been on Facebook over the last, uh, I believe, two weeks to three weeks, you've seen those posts about how much it costs to live comfortably in different cities. $125,000, you cannot live comfortably in LA. You cannot live comfortably here in Nevada, which is one of the lower parts, uh, you know, on, the, on that scale. In Florida, it takes at least $146,000 to live comfortably in Florida. So, my thing is, is in the G League, they're paying you $125,000, so you're not even living comfortably to play. And your alternative that you're going to pass up would be go to college the pretty much the same exact way below your means and you get TV coverage. So one day, one person can see you and say, hey, you know what? They play so well, they're going to live above their means. Or you could be on Facebook Watch or an ESPN, an ESPN3 and ESPN Plus playing games where nobody's seeing you, hoping that one day you're the next Kendrick Dunn and you get pulled up. Kendrick Dunn and you get pulled up. That is the saddest way to earn $125,000. And the simple fact of the matter that the G League would even propose that shows how out of touch that they are with society. If it was my child, if it was my son, and they have a choice to either play in the, in the G League, play overseas, or play in college, I'm gonna go ahead and take the option that's best for them. The G League will not be in the top three. Out of those three options, they still wouldn't be in the top three. Because as we can clearly see, RJ Hampton is doing very well over in the NBL. One of the last year's highest touted uh, high school athletes, doing very well in the NBL and projected to go number five. LaMelo Ball, who, remember, colleges were, couldn't touch him. They were like, oh, well, he, he played in. Um, he, he played overseas. He, he played in Europe, so he can't play now. He played professionally already. We can't touch him. Lithuania already had a shot at him. We can't touch him. So, he went overseas. They're both projected number one and number five. They've got to show what they do on the big stage week after week. As a matter of fact, their coverage was so widespread. Now, mind you, I understand you had an ESPN contract with an ESPN Plus and ESPN3 that you were showing the G League on and the Facebook Watch. But look how widespread their coverage was. Viceland, 
you had a different streaming you had different streaming channels video uh, Facebook watch they they had multiple multiple media deals that they were being booked and the simple fact of the matter is that they were on showcase every single day kids see that kids see the 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 Zion Williamson's at Duke even though Cassius Stanley was injured can see that can see Cole Anthony getting that block for North Carolina Kendrick Nunn came out of absolutely nowhere the only people who were aware of him were in the NBA circles that knew what the G League had under there not taking anything away from the G League that they do not have high level talent but that is not going to be the place to showcase it there's other avenues to get into the NBA and until the G League addresses the simple fact that they got to catch up to the other minor league teams and start paying them bonuses and premiums you're not going to get those star athletes because I guarantee you a high school kid will sit for a million dollars and play farm league ball for baseball but they ain't going to sit for 125000 I'll be damn sure of that all right Next, I want to go on to my next favorite segment. Let's kick it. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. Yeah. With the Let's Kick It sneakers that we got today, I'm super excited. Super excited. Yes, the first sneaker that we're going to talk about is, I know 2020 has not hit. Stop. Don't at me. Please stay out of my DMs or my inbox with it. I know 2020 has not hit. But the 2020 shoe of the year has already been released. And I'm talking about the Air Dior's. Yes, Jordan has collaborated with Christian Dior to come out with the Air Dior's. This is one of the flyest looking shoes. Look at the color and texture of this shoe. That white and that, that how should I put it? That's like a soft metallic blue in a way. The way it comes off is absolutely stunning. You see the detail along the swoosh? It makes it for a higher level. And the silver, the silver jump man, right there, you're, you're placing it on a different level of basketball shoe, a different level of shoe, period. I don't think I could wear those Dior's to play basketball in. Those are more just chill shoes, but it is designed after the Jordan 1's, so it does look like it, it would be a comfortable basketball shoe. I'm more than imagine PJ Tucker should be playing in those shortly. If he doesn't, I don't know what's going on. The next shoe that we're going to talk about is the Anta Godzilla. Woo! Look at these. These are absolutely amazing. I like them. They bring character. I wouldn't wear them out, but they definitely have character for an in-game show. I would, this is definitely something I would walk into a gym and play with. High-level shoe. and have that. have that kind of raw feel and the thing that I like about it the most look at this sole that split sole right there I feel that it just I, I would just feel different I would try and jump higher just so people can see the sole of my shoe that's why I would rock these you know yeah I was looking I was looking at it I was even seeing post people talk about it if it ain't anti it ain't nothing those right there I like those I like those it made me feel like Clay Thompson made the right choice but then I see his shoe, and I'm like, uh, did he? But those Anti Godzilla's are nice. I like them. Now, 
Our next shoe that we're going to talk about, because you know that we have to, every week on the show, we have to either talk about a Kyrie shoe or we have to talk about a LeBron shoe. So this week, we're going to be talking about the Kyrie 6 Glow in the Dark. I like these. Now, to be honest with you, due to the fact that I'm a sneakerhead, that would be the sole reason that I would get them. I would get them. I would probably only wear them one time. I would charge it up, make sure that got that nice light feel, host a party at a skating rink or something, and wear it just to come out in the skating rink to take off, take them off to put on my skates. They look fly, but I couldn't see myself playing ball in them in the park or if it's in a gym. I couldn't see the reason why because it's going to dark. I want it to. I want people to see that it's going to dark. So if I cop it or most likely when I cop it, it's going to be mainly to go to the movies, do stuff like that where people can look and be like, oh, is this shit going to the dark? Say, yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's, it kind of is. But I like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a cute sneaker collector shoe. If you're a sneakerhead, that is a shoe that you want in your collection just to say that you have the glow in the dark Kyrie 6. Now, I'm not saying that you want to get all 11 cities of the Kyrie 6. I would get three cities and the glow in the dark. The three main cities, of course, is going to be Beijing. You definitely got to get the Beijing ones because those are the red ones. And those look pretty awesome. So if you're a type of person who collects Kyrie's, if the Kyrie 6 and you don't want to get the whole entire collection, definitely go for the glow in the dark and the Beijing's. Those are the must-have of the Kyrie 6. The others you can play around with. The Tokyo you can get. Tokyo, yeah. Okay. Those will look good, but you can play around with it. All right? Last but not least... Last but not least, this will be coming out December 21st. Everybody, go ahead, set your alarm clocks, camp out, find a friend, do what you gotta do. But yes, the Air Jordan 4 Winters are coming out. And this leather Air Jordan 4s are absolutely amazing. See, the Air Jordan 4, a lot of, a lot of us know that they got that suede texture on it. And it's not usually made for the winter time. We usually put them up in the winter time. They go back into the box. You know, sneakerheads, you know, you clean them off. You put them back in the box. You set it up because you know that you got to put it away till at least early April, mid-April because you don't want the slush to get on it. But the Air Jordan 4 winters are coming out the 21st. You're going to be able to wear Air Jordan 4s in the winter. Yes, they got all weather they have the old weather texture and it is absolutely beautiful. It has that nice leather texture that you feel off of the Gore-Tex shoes. So now everybody, yes, you do not have to put away your Yankee fitteds. You do not have to put away the uh, Yankee jerseys. You can wear it all summer now and winter and just got to rock the different Jordan 4s. The Jordan 4 for the winter and the Jordan 4 for the summer. So now that we have that clear, we know what to do. December 21st is okay, but still, yes, still go ahead and put away your suede Jordan 4s. You want to go ahead and put those away. Take care. You should, you should have already been doing that. That should have been done early November, around October. But now you're going to have Jordan 4s for the winter. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. I bought you this. I, I know. I know what you're saying. You've been waiting for this all your life. I have too. I have too. I, I didn't think I'd live to see the day, but here I am. Look, Mama, I made it. I made it. Anyway, <laughs> I, that was Let's Kick It. Those are going to be the shoes that we're going to be kicking it with. 
They're gonna be posted to the. Uh, they're gonna be posted to our site. You can go ahead and check them out. Check us out. You know, at you know, at Ball Corp World, right on Instagram, or you can check me out at Drew Coach Forty Three as well. But those are gonna be a less kicking shoes. Last segment before I go on my rant, because I'm gonna go on a quick little rant. But I gotta give a shout out to my guy. This is for my, um, you know, why you ball segment. This is my guy Sharif Cooper doing some amazing things out in New Jersey. One of the best ball handlers out there and one of the best point guards in the nation. I heard that he's committed to Auburn, so I'm really excited about what we're gonna see coming out of him. And I'm, and this is another one. This is another player here where you can't say, I right, yeah, I'm gonna give you $125,000 to be in the G League. This is a player that you have to see on the big stage. You have to see either playing college ball or playing professional ball. I can't wait to see him at Auburn, but watching him, what he's been doing already in this young season, because the season just started off in high school, but seeing what he's been doing, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Also, for the YU Ball segment, I also want to go ahead and give a shout out to my daughter's team. The Catawanda Coyotes playing their first game tonight, so they're going to be doing some big things. Shout out to y'all. Y'all go ahead and do what you do. But now, I'm going to go on my little rant. I want to talk about, and this is the one thing that I always want to address. As a coach, parent, as well as a former player, I start to think to myself, where does development begin? With our kids, where does development begin? Nowadays, when I go ahead and look at teams where I'm seeing uh, elementary school teams, there's very little things that coaches are looking for as far as, hey, this is what I could do to develop you. They're more looking for what could you bring to their team. I see that in higher levels, even middle school and high school, where they're not looking for that outstanding athlete where they could develop into the outstanding basketball player anymore. It's no longer a teaching situation. It seems to be an ego match. It seems to be that nowadays coaches are so infatuated with winning that teaching has gone by the wayside. I remember coming up playing and I had a coach who actually sat me down and taught me the game. He taught me why the 2-3 defense is valuable, even though I always thought the 3-2 was better. He taught me why it is good to utilize different ways, different looks, why it is good to focus on the details. Now, without that coach in my life, I don't think I would have been able to play basketball for as long as I have, nor coach basketball for that matter. But now I see a lot of kids, and be for the fact I'm a skills trainer also, it doesn't bother me because it keeps me employed, but I see a lot of kids not understanding the simple fundamentals of basketball. They sweep them up just because they have a little bit of athleticism, and they'll turn around and teach them one or two things, and they say, hey, you're now a basketball player. And from one coach to another, they'll just grab them and take what they can from them without giving them anything. Now, I find that to be a very unfair exchange. If you have a child that is looking to learn the game, as a coach, as a person who's played the game, and as a person who's looking to give knowledge to a child, give them what they're looking for, and that is development. We have to learn to put winning on the backside. Winning will come with development, but as coaches, as parents, and as adults, we have to be able to lead the children to be developed as athletes, as people, and as players. 
But that was my little rant for right now. I do want to thank you for sitting around and listening with us at Ball Court and watching. And if you have not subscribed to iHeartRadio and the Ball Court channel, I suggest you do. Now, also, I want you to go out and grab Tiki Live. Go to Tiki Live, check out CWN. They got their sports on there, and we're also on Tiki Live Radio. Yes, CWN Sports is there too. We are everywhere. We're growing. Join the movement. Check out my sister show, Fusion Sports. They're doing some big things. Shout out to every man in. Check out the Blitz. And please, I need y'all to wake up a little early. Check out Sean Harvey. He's doing his thing. They're funny. They're killing it over there. And, of course, keep on hanging out with me. Tune in every week. And this week, I'm actually going to have a short week, so I'm coming back with some more content. I'm Coach Drew. This is Ball Court. This is the world of basketball, and we're on CWN Sports. Have a great one. I'll see you next time. Ball court with Coach Drew. World of basketball. Now go hit the showers. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.